Yo, Eric Zane. What you, up, buddy? You ready to do this shit? I, I am. All right. Bring it. vomit-inducing thing. Listen, I am not nice, I am not kind, and I am wonderful. Who do you trust? Hubba, hubba, hubba. From the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, I'm funky like a monkey, sky's the limit and space is the place. So now, ladies and gentlemen, it is start time. Are you ready for start time? Here's the star of the show and your host, the amazing Mr. Pizza Pizza. We start the show. The people's champion. Hola, Creepos. Welcome to this fantastic non-canical edition of the Creep Off. Carl's off today. It's awesome. I am joined by the man who was cheated and wronged a few weeks ago, Mr. Eric Zane. Hello, Eric. Hello, Vinny Paulino. Doesn't he do it something like that? He like really is exuberant and happy, but uh, this is disgusting. And I'm really happy to have a week off from him, frankly. Yeah, you know, he got to recharge the batteries and things like that. But uh, yeah, so Carl out. Zane in, baby. I still don't know what to think about how that all unfolded. The fact that he ended up beating me by the one vote uh, in in such a weird way with that on the overnight of the final day of voting, that that big uh, rush of votes came in. It makes me think he actually is going in and physically changing the the votes, you know? And I mean... If he did do that, which it does not look like he did, I went through into the back end and it was a VPN. Somewhere was just fucking around. If that was him, I highly doubt it. He was probably on his, I don't know, ninth or tenth white claw at that point. The Bills were playing the Chiefs. I don't know if he was sitting there uh, by his computer stressing about it. Right. But whoever did it had a sense of humor. They did it by one vote. Asshole fucking move. (laughs) But those apparently are the creep off fans. So here's the deal, folks. I have decided to play Eric Zane today for for pride because I wanted to go head-to-head with you, get the cheater out of the way, and you and I could really have a good episode, I think, if we apply ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, I, you know, to be honest with you, that first episode was kind of like, boy, I, I almost didn't want to get in the way, you know, but... Uh, you know, I, th- I think I, I can do better. I think I really can do better in terms of uh, what I need to do. And I, I actually, to be totally honest with you, I had a suggestion for my creep, and I'm really excited to share it with you and everyone. Our category this week is... Uh, Wild card, bitches! Yeah! We're going to go at it. doesn't matter. There is no category. It is the biggest creep that we could find. And I had picked someone who was pretty awful and I'm going to save them. And I received a message from my pal, Alex Igor, who said, Hey, Vin, you ever heard of this person? And I said, Holy shit. No, I have not. And it took me two seconds of reading to decide that's who I was going to go with. Now, here's the thing. Let's talk about the stakes of this episode before we get into the actual game. I said to you, I wanted to play you for bragging white bragging rights. And I will put up the polar plunge. If I lose to you today, Eric, my fat ass will jump into Lake Ontario in February. 
Wow, that's uh, remarkable. And, uh, you know, I've seen those before, and it's painful to jump into that cold of water. I think that's outstanding. Of course, you'd probably do that for charity, though, right? Yeah. Yes. No, I'll take money, but yeah, charity. (laughs) Yeah. What what else is on the wheel of consequences that you guys have, like, uh, made, made, made possible? Well, I'll tell you what. There's some fun stuff on here that maybe you might want to uh, give a shot at. For example, we could have you put truck nuts on your car. <laughs> I, got, I got a set right here. Yeah, you got to right put a, sh- <laughs> You have to drive around with them on your actual car, though. Yeah, somebody just tried doing this to me. It's so crazy you said that. Someone actually tried putting these on my car the other day, but I actually uh, found them after only one trip. Ah, so you did drive around with them accidentally. Yes, yes. So, all right. That's actually pretty good. You got them right there, Eric. You have to drive around for a month, and every day you have to tweet a picture of those on the back of your car so we know that they're there. Let's do it. I got the nuts. I'll put them back onto the truck, on my truck, these truck nuts, and I will tweet out a picture for one month uh, as part of my, since this is mano y mano, wheel of consequences. That's it. That's it. I will do the polar plunge. Eric Zane will do the truck nuts. Now, Eric, the last time you were here, we were going to force you to go first, but I'm not going to do that to you today. I'm going to go okay. first because this is kind of a weird episode. It's, you know, it's it's a one-on-one. It's not a traditional creep-off. We are going to kick back where we left off with Carl next Monday. There will be a bonus Patreon episode before the weekend. It's either going to be on Thursday or Friday. And uh, for those of you patrons, Carl will be back and we're going to have a lot of fun. Let's get this shit started. I want to talk about my creep today. Now, his name is Anatoly Moskovin. He is a interesting kid. He loved history. He was one of those genius kids that you hear about. One of the kids who should skip all the grades and was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up speaking 13 languages. He traveled all across the world. He taught Celtic history and folklore at the college level, and he was a journalist in Novgorod, Russia's fifth largest city. Okay? Okay. This is an accomplished guy we're talking about here, except for the fact that he's teaching, like, Celtic folklore. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, sometimes these people, when they're real brainy like that, they... uh tend to gravitate towards the oddball subject matter. Yeah, well, he also was very vocal about taking a vow of celibacy. Okay. Yeah, he was like, I think sex is gross. He said that a lot to people. He was a celibate person. So that's my creep. I'm just kidding. That's not all of it. (laughs) He was also a self-proclaimed expert on cemeteries. A lot of weird red flags going on. There's a lot of weird stuff going on here. Now, my mother-in-law is also an expert on cemeteries. She's into genealogy and shit. So I don't know if she ever ran into this guy. But I guess there's a lot of people who, like, visit, and there's, like, cemetery tourism all over the world. Did you know this? Um, I Actually, now that you mention it, I actually have heard about that. Yeah. So this guy was, like, an expert in cemeteries. He was a contributor to a magazine called Necropologies. Or some shit like that. It was a, literally a weekly well, newsletter about cemeteries and obituaries around the all world. All right. Anything with necro in it is right away. I mean, uh, uh, that uh, nomenclature, necro. Oh, yeah. We Once you're dealing weird with things. the deceased, yeah, you're immediately, your butthole tightens a little bit. Exactly. Unlike the deceased whose buttholes release. Now, mm-hmm. 
In his last article that was published in Necrologies, he talked about an incident that made him fall in love with cemeteries. Eric, when he was 13 years old, this is what he claimed. I'm going to read to you this story that they published in this fucking magazine. Okay. Okay. He confessed that what inspired his obsession with the dead was in 1979 when he was 13, he was stopped by people in black suits on his way home from school. He was dragged to a coffin containing the body of an 11-year-old girl named Natasha Petrova, and he was forced to kiss the dead girl, like on the mouth. Wow, this is like some weird men in black thing going on. This is a weird instead funeral. Of, this instead is of, instead of aliens. Funeral. Yeah, I, I think that's how Carl's going to go. He's going to have the brigand boys to open mouth kiss him before he goes in the ground. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Say whatever I want to about him. Yeah, you can. You can destroy him. This is what he said. He said, I kissed her once, then again, and then again. He kisses this thing like three times. He kisses this little girl's corpse. Oh, and God. maybe that's why he thinks sex is gross and swore off of it. Maybe. Okay. Okay. But does it now? Does this take another step? Are we going to get to uh, even more creepiness that the things he's done to the dead that are that's? Oh, I guess it, it remains to be seen, right? Oh, what you're bored with my storytelling skills? No, no, too? no. I'm just wondering what this leads to because I mean, you hear about people who would do something like this, and then that's the trigger point for them to well, really, you know what I mean, amp it up. Yeah. Well, it got a little creepier at this little ceremony that he went to. Uh, Moscovin said in the newspaper article, the mystical ritual ended with the girl's mother putting wedding rings on myself and the dead girl's fingers. What the? Yeah. Isn't isn't anybody uh, uh, watching this? Can anybody see what's going on? Uh, Well, he said he was a 13-year-old boy dragged off the street on his way to school to this weird ceremony where he makes out with and marries a dead girl. Hmm. That's that's a very convenient story. It it might just be that he just decided to have sex with a dead animal or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it could very well be. But he really's not into sex, this guy. Now, he has the distinction of not being a rapist. One of the creeps that I'm bringing in okay. that isn't a rapist. All right. It's amazing. This dude's an expert. He's writing all these articles. He's beloved in this community of fucking weirdos. And some shit goes down in his town. Uh-huh. In 2011, an anti-Muslim terror attack would unfold at the airport in Moscow, and very shortly afterwards, authorities caught wind of some Muslim gravesites that were allegedly being dug up and vandalized. After going to investigate that for a potential terror suspect, Moskvin would quickly jump to act like he was simply painting over some gravestones. But he was, in turn, promptly arrested, caught red-handed in the act of vandalism. Well, he was digging up a body, not a Muslim body, these other Muslim graves got defaced. They were right. very mad at the Muslims for some reason. And they catch this guy in the cemetery, acting very suspicious with a shovel. And he's like, no, I'm just trying to fix these things. And they arrested him. Okay. Okay. So what happens next? It's they right. go and they search his apartment. They expect to find that this guy is part of this terrorist plot against Muslims. So they think that he is they're going to go to his apartment and find some horde of like anti-muslim propaganda. That's not what they found. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm going to show you video that the police took of the inside of his apartment everybody. Now, here we go. I I I will explain this as we go for those of you who are listening, those of you who are watching on YouTube. Sorry. What does that look like? A big doll sitting up on a shelf? Sure. 
Yep. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And then there's just like these other dolls on the floor, like uh-huh. kind of crumpled together. Yeah, and this just this apartment looks like shit, right, Eric? Sure, everything's trashed, uh, mannequin faces, doll faces. This is like Hoarder's Novgorod, and there's another doll sitting on a chair. Right, it's like life size. Yeah, life size doll. They're just going through, looking at everything in this place. And they found mm-hmm. a lot of those dolls. In fact, there's one of them right there. That is a, uh, a six-year-old girl that was brutally murdered whose body was then dug up. That's no doll. That is not a doll. <laughs> That's not a doll. That body, that little girl's body was dug up and brought back to this guy's house. Well, it looked good at least. I mean, it looked reasonably all right. Like, there is so much to unpack here. What this lunatic was doing with his Celtic folklore expertise, he would go and find the graves of children and he would sleep on top of them because he believed that he could then communicate with them and that he would ask the 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 body's permission as he slept on top of the grave would you like to come and live with me i could help you live again and then he said he never dug up a body that didn't want to come live with him okay you're telling me that all those uh, dolls that i saw in that video were not dolls those were people ah! there were 36 of them that he <laughs> mummified and turned into dolls and brought back to his house and lived with are they okay? No. They did not make it. <laughs> they did not make it. So this motherfucker was mummified these bodies. Now, check this shit out. What else they found? According to police, there were photographs and plaques taken off of gravestones, doll-making manuals, and maps of local cemeteries littering the apartment. Furthermore, the clothes that most of these dolls were wearing were the actual clothes in which they were buried. He had a little how-to manual. And this is how he made his dolls, Eric. Moskvin later admitted that he achieved structural integrity of the corpses by wrapping their legs and arms with rags before stuffing those into nylon tights. He performed this for each of their limbs and their faces before inserting buttons into their eye sockets as to, quote, allow them to watch cartoons with him. Wow. Okay. So not only was he oh boy. living with the bodies, he was literally like living with them and watching cartoons and eating cereal on Saturday morning. Oh, and man. he was surrounded by them. There so was a lot. You're talking about since uh, being surrounded by them, this is taking place over a long period of time. The longest yeah. he had one of the bodies in his house was nine years. Oh, Wow. Boy, but you know what? I have to say, kudos on the uh, whatever did whatever that technique was to keep that. Those I mean, from, look like, at those suckers. Rot. Yeah, those are those look excellent. Those are those are excellent looking corpses. I'm, I must admit. Well, he mummified them, but here's what else he did that was not mentioned inside the body cavities of all of these dolls. He put in music boxes <gasps> so that they could sing to him. Oh, no. He also kept records of all of their birthdays, and he would have birthday parties for the corpse every year for the corpses. Now, Eric, here is the piece to the resistance with this guy. I don't know how to say this, but the motherfucker lived with his parents. Oh, no. He lived with his parents, Eric. His parents lived in a two-bedroom apartment with him 
and 36 dead bodies that are mummified with music boxes uh, in their chests with button eyes that he would sit up and sit and watch television with. So then he's just sitting there saying, oh, this is just a dumb hobby I have. These are just dolls and, they, and they're none the wiser. None the wiser. In fact, here's what they said. His parents claimed that he'd grown this massive obsession with creating life-size dolls and bizarrely didn't think much of it, regardless of the smell that it would emit. Oh, wow. We saw these dolls, but we did not suspect there were dead bodies inside. We thought it was his hobby to make such big dolls, and we didn't see anything wrong with it, his mother claimed in an interview. Yep, they were just like, ah, he's just making, he made these fun dolls, it was his hobby. The place yeah. smelled like fucking death. Neighbors said the place was horrific to walk by. They thought they could never guess that it was coming from inside the house. They thought it was like sewage wow. from underneath. Right, yeah, just uh, one of those things, you know? And the parents like, ah, whatever, no big deal, two-bedroom house. Ah, he's just blowing off. It's a little weird, but he's fine. And here's a picture of the parents, too. Couple of fucking uh, old people. Oh, my God. You know, th when that picture was taken while they're eating that food there, can you imagine the stench as they're consuming that food? They And it doesn't seem to bother them. They're, they're like, they're no just sitting there eating it. going, where's that music coming from? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is that is remarkable. The stories that you cover on here, it's like, how can it seem to be real? Eric, he also liked to play favorites. In police interrogations that followed, he claimed that he loved most of them. However, there were a few that he simply wasn't content with. The ones that he had grown to dislike were probably stuffed into their small garage and left to be forgotten. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There's some he just didn't like it. He yeah. freaking put it back in the garage. I mean, the story, the mothers of these poor kids, like this one girl, I showed you this picture. She was like an elf on a shelf, this little one. He was, she right. was literally just up on top of a shelf. Yes. This Boy, little girl, I was saying, was murdered horribly. And this guy fucking went and dug her up. And the mother used to go to the grave of this girl all the time and cry. And she had no idea. Right. It was like an empty casket. And that her daughter was a fucking elf out of shelf in a lunatic's yeah. house. Of all the things. I mean, you think it'd be bad enough that the kid was brutally murdered, unrelated to him. Yep. And then if, if that isn't bad enough, I tell you what. This is the type of thing that if you're like religious, you're like uh, maybe on the fence about uh, being mad at God or giving up on it yeah. after the murder. After this happens, you're like, fuck this. I'm out. I don't want anything to do with uh, thoughts and prayers going forward. Nope, I'm out. I did that a long time ago when I started the show. Uh, I will say this, though. He was quoted as saying something to the effect of, you know, these parents, they threw them away. I warmed. I brought them home and warmed them. Uh, is what he told the doctors. Now, this is hideous. He was charged with desecration of graves and dead bodies, but he was deemed unfit to stand trial in 2012, and he's been sent to a psychiatric hospital, and that's where he's been ever since. This guy's never stood trial. He's just in the fucking nut hut. Now, wow. ladies and gentlemen, this is the first creep I believe I could say that I've brought in that wasn't a murderer, he wasn't a rapist. He wasn't a pedophile. The bodies were between the ages of 12 and 3. He definitely molested the gravesites. But what this man did is the definition of being a creep. If you do not vote for me, you are out of your minds this week. Eric, why don't you go ahead and try to top that? Uh, you know, and I, um, I can appreciate that little closing argument right there. And I think that that is formidable. You're absolutely right to have uh, to be featured on the show. Despite none of those things happening is strong. My 
uh, entry, though, Peter Scully is all of those things. It's kind of like uh, an interesting dynamic here of what we have going on. But you feel good about yours. I feel good about mine. Peter Scully is the most notorious pedophile in the history of the country of Australia. Oh, man. And I imagine there's a lot of pedophilia going on in the outback. Well, what's interesting about this is, as far as I can understand, um, the lion's share of the criminal activity of one Peter Scully, who is in he's 58 years old right now and in prison, is um, was not actually committed in the country uh, of Australia. Okay, let me give you a little bit of backstory here. Uh, Peter Scully was involved in a property scam that uh, cost investors two point six eight million dollars uh, when he was living in Australia. Uh-huh. So he now, was he that- living with any corpses while he was bilking people nope. out of their money? Nothing like that. Nothing like that. And if it ended there, that would be bad enough. He was married and he had uh, uh, children too, and he also had a girlfriend who is uh, was originally from the Philippines. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> so what he did was um, he ended up. Uh, fleeing the country of Australia and wound up in the Philippines. And that's where uh, things really got off the rails. Uh, he had a uh, this mistress, her name is Lizelle Margallo, who had a friend also. So the first three people involved in this. And what they decided to do was make a concerted effort to traffic uh, very, very young children, uh, video them with terrible things happening, and then actually submitted like content to the dark web. And there's a, a historically a terrible person who would you go by the uh, internet named Lux, who would then be the go-between, who would then take that material and make it available on legit pay-per-view basis to oh. watch these terrible things that were happening. Oh, that's the fucking yeah. worst. Because yeah, because what he's doing is he's feeding the marketplace, and that oh yeah, just- oh yeah the worst thing you could do really apart okay. from being the person doing the awful things in the videos so he and he did do that he did the uh he did the lion's share of molesting along with these two young women these young filipino women and um so what uh one thing in particular that uh, that comes up that was sold on the dark web uh and he's making a lot of money doing this uh-huh. um is there was a video that is called uh and this is so horrible i felt a little bit part of my soul dying when i was uh uh, reading about this, but I got to know what the fuck's going on. Daisy's destruction oh, was no. known as urban legend, not a real video, but it is. Daisy is an 18 month uh, old child. No. In this particular video, there's two other uh, uh, little girls, age, uh, I believe, 12 and 11. Um, what you got here is um, the most heinous thing that could possibly happen. And uh, the 18 month old little child. Um, they gave was, her the vaccine. Well, uh, they, they ended up tying her by her feet upside down and tortured her and raped her. Uh, the, these two women, this Lizelle Margallo uh, was involved and she was wearing a mask and, uh, and he, Peter was involved. And then, Everything terrible that you could possibly imagine happened. Some of the most horrible things that have ever happened in the world. Now, how they got these three little girls is incredibly sad, okay? In the Philippines, everybody's there's a lot of destitution and poverty. Yeah. They, they convinced families to offer these children up for food. 
that's how desperate of a of a scenario you have there. So this all unfolds, this terribleness. This Peter Scully shoots the video he wants. He makes it available. He's making a ton of money. He ends so up- he's basically going, I'm making all the profit here, and then my, his overhead is a sandwich. Exactly. And then, and then he didn't even give him the food. So they, <laughs> he didn't give him the food. He didn't give him the fucking food. So the family's like, oh, my God, what have we done? They can't find the kids. Uh, he kills uh, the uh, mid- the child in the middle of the 11 year old after all of this terrible. These terrible things are are, are happening. Uh, he even forced the one that he killed to dig her own grave. And then that was it. She died. Well, it turns out that um, there is some uh, very good police work detective work going on in Australia about this guy who's posting the videos who this person, this Lux this guy. Lux guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's posting them in Australia. That leads them on a, somehow they're doing their work, their forensic mm-hmm. digital work, and they takes them back to the Philippines. Okay. Well, Peter Scully is arrested and okay, he's in prison for the rest of his life. Um, 60 Minutes Australia uh, sat down with this sick son of a bitch. Okay? My, my, my clip one, this is Tara Brown, the correspondent from 60 Minutes Australia, interviewing Peter Scully. Uh, cut one, Scully denies everything somehow. Here we go. Why would you abuse an 18-month-old child? Well, for a start, I didn't. And well, that's not true, is it? It is true. No, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. How old was she? Uh-huh. How old was she, Peter? You are confusing um, different things. I don't want to get into that. How old was she? Huh? How old was she? I don't want to get into any of that yet. Right, okay. Whether that child was 18 months, mm-hmm. two years, three years, mm-hmm. or perhaps we're mixing it up with a nine-year-old child mm-hmm. or an 11-year-old girl, mm-hmm. 12-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. You've done it to all of them, haven't you? All right, I will go back to this now. No comment. It's the coward's way out, isn't it? It's the realistic way out. There's not a realistic uh, way out, sir. Uh, okay, now later in these clips that I have for you, he, he kind of... Uh, eventually his answers make you he that though that he kind of like uh refutes his own his own denial well i like his uh his shaggy defense it wasn't me right 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 here we go um oh clip two yeah please well actually this is uh the um the lady accomplice who by the way she ended up walking somehow uh, his mistress here, she was involved in all of this. She she turned evidence over. She flipped on him. This is her returning to that house. And she's not your creep, the tattletale? All right. <laughs> not just by Peter Scully, but by this woman too. So how long did you live here for? Here we live here, maybe two months. Lizelle Margellio, Scully's other girlfriend and his chief accomplice, has brought police to the house where Cindy was murdered, claiming she now wants to help the children she harmed. Did you want to help the children at the time? Like- I wasn't around when, when, he, when, he, did, when he did this. I wasn't around at all. Well, how did you know where this girl was if you weren't around? He told me, he told me everything. Okay, so how do I know this reporter didn't just give this lady a sandwich? Uh, well, that's the thing. She's seen in the video. Uh, she like they they have her on All the right. tape doing these terrible things. So she's a monster too. In fact, I'm going to skip my cut three and go right to uh, clip four when they actually arrested Scully. Listen to this. Twentieth of February, four years after fleeing Australia and committing unspeakable crimes. This is the moment Scully is caught. 
Huh? Give me your name. It's Peter Scully. What? What? It's Peter Scully. Peter Scully. Scully. We have six warrants for your arrest. Okay. Already, investigators believe they have a watertight case against this father of two. Watertight. Um, He goes. He goes. Wow! Did you hear? He was happy with that. I would have been disappointed. I mean, yeah. Hate fucked an eighteen month old to death. You would think you get like at least ten. There's at least ten well, crimes there. You should get right, right. For. Now they actually uh, tried to kill him in when in the trial, but there was uh, uh, even the um, they they tried to get him and like uh, convicted and given the death sentence. But for one reason or another, that did not happen. Really? Um, and yeah, and for, in clip five, this this scumbag shows no remorse. What Check did he get? Out. What was his actual sentence? Uh, he's got he's got life in prison. Okay. You won't ever see the light of day. Where's his? They, pr- where's the prison? Uh, they actually arrested him for crimes in Australia. So he is uh, though though it happened there, he's being uh, uh, kept in Australia. Okay. Uh, you, Scully has no remorse. You admit to what you've done, mm-hmm. which is sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And of course, murder. Hmm. Of course, I have remorse. Why, of course. Why do you think you, people don't have remorse? No, I'm, I'm asking you, as somebody who is a repeat offender here, mm. who went on the run, who's only mm. here because you've been caught, not because you turned yourself in, Mm-mm. at what point do you actually feel sorry for what you've done? Is it at the point where you're captured? Oh, that's a good question, actually. That's a, that's a good question. Well done. <laughs> that's a very good question. Uh, at what point do you feel remorse? I think there's different help. degrees of remorse all the way through. Right? Uh, but I think your greatest remorse comes when you finally realize the extent of what you've done. And at what point uh, was that? At what point was that? Oh my God. He, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Uh, Tuesday? Look, he's, he's trying to figure it out. He, I can't answer that, honestly. Yet. I can't answer Why, that. Why isn't it the point where you're actually raping somebody, violently torturing them? Why isn't it at the point when you kill a child? Good question Why as well. Then? Why don't you realize the extent of what you've done at that Maybe point? Maybe you should ask a psychiatrist. I'm asking the man who did it. Yeah. Well, wow. What a what a dark, twisted world. Oh, my God. That is the stuff I can't stand about these self-indulgent lunatics where they try to give oh, yeah. like these real nuanced fucking answers to why they right. fucking raped a baby to death and why he didn't give those people sandwiches. That's <laughs> what I would have said. I felt remorse when I did not make with the pizza. <laughs> okay, this is my last clip. Uh, uh, number six. All right. On the interview. What goes on in Peter Scully's head is still a macabre mystery. What is it about you, Peter, that hates children and women so much? I might address that in the journal. It just got crazier and crazier for you and sicker and sicker. And you'd already committed murder. Where was it going to end? Like, where, what was the next level for you? There was no next level. And as a parent, how can you reconcile what you've done to children? Next question, please. Do you accept that you were ruining their lives as soon as you came in touch with them? In the journal. In the journal, he's saying. He's writing a journal. Oh, so you God. really have no sympathy for these people, for these kids. That is definitely in the journal. That's in the journal. Go to sell his book. I think we have finished. I think, I we, think we have finished. 
I'm hoping. He can get up. Get I'm up, hoping please. Oprah will pick it up. Uh, I wanted it. I wanted her to fucking bury a high heel right in his face. He's, oh. That's disgusting. But you know what I hated the most on that was he's like, do you feel like you ruined these people's lives when you first came in contact to him? He's thinking, yeah. no, I made them stars. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Oh, so, it's gross. Um, now, there's there's also uh, rumors of some other terrible videos that um, I I don't I you know what? I, I can't even I don't want to say it because it's uh, I think I've said enough, frankly, to uh, give you all you need, my friends in the uh, in the jury to know that this is easily the creepiest, though. I'll, I'll give it up to Vinny. That was a horrible, horrible thing. But uh, oh, my God, um, the level of uh, intense uh, creepiness and criminal behavior in uh, in this week's edition of The Creep Off is uh, is off the rails from your well, old pal, Eric Zane. I would like to respond to that. I would just say that um, that woman asked Mr. Scully uh, what was the next level for him, and frankly, he didn't have an answer for it. But my creep, Anatoly Mushkevin, would. His answer was, I would bring them back to life, and I would have them over to my house. And then and he would just dance around the living room with them and have a great time. That's what my guy did. My guy was the most disgusting person you can imagine. This is all hearsay. No, yours was all hearsay. You won't even say what he did. Everything, everything you just said is bullshit. Everything with the song, everything. Even how did you know the fucking song? The song is bullshit. First of all, I agree. <laughs> And it's just fun. I like right. to have fun on this show. Of course, Eric. of course, of course, Vinny. All right. So uh, those are our creeps this week. Oh, my God. Carl is calling in. Oh, Vinny. Oh, thank you, Carl. Uh. <laughs> oh, what What else was that, Carl? Yeah, come on my face. That's fine. Okay. Now, oh, my God. Uh, there's going to be a special way to vote this week because I am not going to put the vote. I'm going to try something a little bit different. There will be a link in the episode as to where you can go to vote for Vinny or Eric Zane. We want this vote to be pure, goddammit. Yes. Don't fuck it up. Whoever the asshole is that did it fucking the way that way the last time, kiss my ass. Kiss Eric's ass. You hurt Eric Zane's feelings. Now, all of my Vietnam true believers, don't let me down this week, baby. But, I'm dead again, serious. Uh, jump in the lake or truck nuts. This Either way, these are fantastic things. Listen, <laughs> true believers, you know you want to see him driving down the street. We could all wave at him and just go... Excelsior, true believers. Oh, it'll be great. So, uh, Eric, here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to save our voicemails till when Carl comes back, and we are going to have ourselves a little mini scum parade. How does that sound? I love it, Vinny Paulino, please. And since Carl's not here, we're going to play my favorite scum parade theme. Driving Symphony on the way out. I love it. All right, Eric Zaid, let's start in the Bronx, shall we? A woman was found guilty last Thursday on charges that she robbed the homes of mourners while they attended their spouses' funerals. Oh, shit. That's pretty low. 
But I also see the logic. If I'm her lawyer, I'm kind of like, hey, they didn't need half their stuff anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, wait, wait. That's the type of thing that you break into somebody's home. And if uh, if you hit the right room, I don't know about you, but there are rooms in my home that I don't go in that often. Yeah, take that shit. Yeah, you know, they don't even, that's uh, that's an easy way to get away with that shit. So, yeah. Latonia Stewart, 30 years old, burglarized six homes in Westchester County between 2017 and 2018 in this scheme where she used obituaries to pick her victims. Terrible, no doubt. Uh, but uh, she got away with it for a little while, at least, you know. Yeah. She struck while the residents were at the wake or the funerals, though. That's the thing. She knew when the service and the calling hours were going to be, and that's when she went. It is terrible, but I think smart. Listen, if you are thinking of robbing poor widows. Stop it. Get some help. Thank you. Please don't do this. We were starting off a little light. That's a woman who did something very, very naughty. But Correct. Our next creep down in Florida. This woman suspected that someone had been entering a barn on her property without permission. So she set up a trail camera that subsequently recorded a laborer having repeated sexual contact with a horse housed in the structure. Oh. <laughs> so Holy she shit. Yeah, they set up the trail camera, which I like to think is like that 60 frames per second that you get the one picture. I'd like right. to see the flip book of that. Oh my god. And I would not. You see, I think you should deserve a nomination for a creep because you just said you want to see that horse having sex with that man. I said it as a joke. <laughs> Try telling some, Eric. I need you to tell some jokes. <laughs> she installed the trail camera inside the four-stall Vero Beach bar where her horses are kept after discovering ligature marks around one of the horse's necks. He was trying to choke out the horse, too. Yeah, don't, he got a bunch of marks. It was a miniature horse, too. I didn't mention that. You don't want to do oh, this with the God. full-size horse. This is some no. advice from the show. They found bungee cords and ropes around the neck of one of the miniature horses, even though she never put any in there. The camera cops say captured Santiago Victoria, Santiago Victoria, 57 years old, old enough to know better. Entering the bar late at night and invading the stall occupied by the little horse named Mariah. During three separate encounters, Victoria gets behind the horse in a sexual manner. According to the arrest affidavit, the Indian River Sheriff's Office, they identified him. He's been arrested and he admitted to doing it. Now, this guy's fucked this horse a whole bunch of times by the time this woman puts up the trail camera. Yes. Right? And she cites the evidence as I found bungee cords around the things next. It wasn't the gaping asshole of your horse. <laughs> well, wait a minute. You're giving this guy way too much credit. That's true. You know, <laughs> you're giving wishful thinking, right? You know, the no, horse uh, thought she was, the <laughs> little Mariah thought she was getting stung by a mosquito. Yeah, come on, Vinny. It isn't like she lifted the horse's tail and it was the size of a Folgers can, you know? His name's uh, Santiago. Way, I gave him some credit. By the way, uh, I, I it, it did not go unnoticed that you could not read Santiago and you called him Santico. Okay, well, I had a typo in my story, and I <laughs> fucked up. Fucking Ron Burgundy always reads the prompter. Don't make me miss Carl, Eric. Don't you dare <laughs> make me miss Carl, you bastard. So he admitted that he did not have permission to be inside the barn, and then he was also like, yeah, and I fucked the horse. So okay. he's uh, being held... On $75,000 bond. 
And he's also previously been convicted of DUI and violating probation. He's okay. scheduled for arraignment on November 29th. So, well, can you imagine being anybody that, let's say, is, uh, I doubt he has a significant other, but a family member like, look, uh, Santiago slash Santiago. He has Santiago. a horse on the other side of town. Yes. They're <laughs> like, hey, look, uh, it was, it was, uh, when you violated parole, that was one thing. The DUI, okay, we can get past that. But here you are fucking a, fucking a horse, Santiago slash Santiago. Fuck you. All right. You're just being mean to me now. <laughs> you're a married guy, right, Eric? Yes, sir. I am. How many years in? Uh, 30. 30 years in. Yes, sir. Uh, you think it's going to end well? I, I do think it's going to end well. I, I, you know, there was some rough years, but we, we worked our way through them, you know, as strong couples do. Yeah. Penny. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you a story about a 66-year-old woman and her 78-year-old husband and their mm -hmm. home in Somerset, England. This woman was very upset with her husband over an argument over the remote control. Okay. She locked her husband, who she claims is a very controlling, manipulative, and abusive person. These okay. are what she says because the trial is happening right now. Yes, that's what you do when you want to really uh, you know, try to get your way out of it. She apparently locked him in the conservatory of their house because he would not calm down. Conservatory? Like, what is this fucking clue? Yeah, it's England. It's like an estate. <laughs> he right. takes the poker from their wood-burning stove, apparently, in the conservatory. Ed breaks out and finds her. And she, she is in the kitchen. And she stabs him in the heart with a kitchen knife. Oh, I thought he said candlestick or some shit. Or maybe no. the robe with so Professor Plum. He's like... I got locked in the fucking... He gets locked into the goddamn conservatory. He breaks his way out, walks into the kitchen. He's like, what the fuck? What is this? Yes. I want the remote. Why are you locking me in here? And she decides to stab him in the fucking chest. And then they call 999, which is their version of 911. Right. And they played the clips in court, but she's the one who called it. She said very calmly, I've killed my husband. I tried to because I've had enough. Okay. Like, this was not the phone call of a woman who claims that this guy is abusing her. It was very calm. She also was reported saying, is, I thought I'd get his heart, but he hasn't oh. got one. Oh, Like, she's God. making fucking Bond villain quips to the, <laughs> <laughs> to the fucking 911 operators. And they said, where is your husband? And she goes, if there's any luck, he's in the kitchen bleeding to death. Wow. Okay. Like, this so is the she, shit she said yeah. to the 911 operators. They said, well, can you help him? Can you help put pressure on the wood? And she was like, no. Oh, my God. She told the operator he's moaning on the kitchen floor, adding he's got some holes in him, and he deserved every one of them that he got. Wow. And then she said, and by the way, I'll accept everything coming my way. Okay. Well, this was boy, not she, a happy marriage, folks. No, no. I mean, that is oh, that's just anger talking. Uh, you know, if you're gonna do that to your husband, you keep your mouth fucking shut. You, yeah. I mean, you got a fighting chance if you keep your mouth shut. But this is uh, this is too bad. Do you know that all you have to do is if this guy really did break his way out of the conservatory, is feign that he was coming to beat me up and I was afraid. There's a million and one ways she could have gotten out of this. This lady's but, just like, no. Yeah. Nope, I fucking stabbed him in the heart. And he probably deserved it, too. I'm on her side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Fine with me. So her name is Penelope Jackson. She's 66 years old, and the trial is ongoing. It's kind okay, of fucked. Okay, free her. 
free Penelope and uh, anybody else who needs to be freed. Free Brittany and free Penelope. And uh, the guy who fucked that horse. Let him out. No, no, no. Let out Santiago. No, no. Free no. Santiago. You're saying his name wrong. Santiago. Free <laughs> Santiago. And our last story this week, a young mother is in jail in Greensville, South Carolina. You read this story, yeah, Eric? Uh, uh, yes. This is the lady that looks like Gary Coleman. This is the lady who looks exactly like Gary Coleman. Yes. Okay. Sierra Dyer is charged with attempted murder and felony child abuse. Police say that the 21 year old was arguing with a family member over her toddler's custody. When police arrived, a cop says that he walks into the kitchen and sees her pick up the knife and start stabbing the baby in front of the cop. Fucking red wedding. Fucking red wedding. <laughs> holy, holy babies, Batman. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this woman doing? Custody. No one's has custody. Fucking, I got yeah. custody right now. Oh. Stabbing the thing in the head. What you talking about? So she holy then shit. threw the knife on the floor and then just was like, all right, take me to jail. Threw the knife at the baby on the floor. Done. Uh, oh, my God. We live in a great world, don't we, Eric? Yeah, this is this is a terrible thing. Uh, let's see. Now, I, it says here that the, that she stabbed the baby multiple times, but um, I, did, is, did the baby survive? The yeah, baby it survived. It yes, supposedly going to make a full recovery. Well, kids are resilient; they can handle anything. Yeah, when she dropped the baby, uh, I have audio. Splat! <laughs> <laughs> fucked up, man. You sick fuck. Yeah, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. <laughs> That's right. Blame me. I hope everybody enjoyed this very silly short version of the creep off today. Oh, wow. Did you have a nice time in the scum parade, Eric? Dude, the scum parade is uh, is quietly becoming my favorite thing on this show. Well, um, you know, good. and I probably because Carl's not here. Yep. Yep. That was my favorite part of today's show. Now, I'm going to put out a link on how to vote with the episode in the episode description. And also, folks, if you are a member of the Patreon, you are going to get a bonus episode this week. But also, I want to throw this out there to you. If you are a member, make sure your address is in there because we want to send you merch. And there's a whole bunch of people that we haven't been able to send stuff out to because they didn't put their address in. So if you're expecting merch or even waiting for it, you don't know where it is, go check in Patreon to make sure you put your address in so we can make sure you get your stuff. Wow. Yeah, that's good. They yeah. uh, they needed to do that. They need to sign up for the Patreon. This is all fantastic. You guys do a great job. Oh, thank you, Eric. Now, we could find Eric every day, Monday through Friday, at the Eric Zane Show podcast. You can find it wherever podcasts are sold, and it's ericzanepodcast.com. Uh, Eric Zane, uh, actually, if you go to ericzaneshow.com, that's my website. Everything is there. I don't need to mention anything else. It's all there. All right. Well, you're going to enjoy Eric and his new show on uh, Compound Media going well, yeah? Well, that's the thing. I'm in a, uh, hey, I sure hope this works out because I want to do it again. I've done uh, two shows now for Compound. And uh, so if you go to Compound Media and you are a member uh, of that, it's in collections where it's just pilot shows. That's where like the ones that are still kind of shitty that they're not sure about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So listen, <laughs> go over there and uh, help out Eric. And Eric will help out this show by telling Anthony Kumi about it because I know fucking Carl won't. He won't even bring it up. What a dick. No, he doesn't bring up anything. He doesn't try to promote the show at all. He cares about WATP. Oh, no. What a, oh, man. Carl, you're going to take that shit. Vinny's talking shit. I am talking you. shit. He knows it. <laughs> I call him out on it all the time. Now, now, let me ask you something. How long have you known him? 10 years at least. Okay. But so we never, have... this is the closest we've ever been. We were like acquaintances. 
before we started doing the show together. I would come in and do episodes of WATP every now and again, but it's not like we were best pals. Oh, okay. But you, but uh, what is your history? How did you guys start together? Was it playing music? Hell no. Uh, I he put out an album, right? And a guy that was in the Isotopes, my our friend Kevin, the original host of WATP, uh, was a stand-up. Was doing stand-up, and okay. I had a show. And he was like doing a guest spot on the show. And Carl and everybody in his band that just released an album came out to that show. And I was I the MC that night. And they were being assholes. And he will freely admit this. Like they were talking and being dicks. So I started ripping on them. And I was like, oh, you guys are a band, huh? That explains why you think everybody should give a fuck about you. <laughs> and just started ripping on them. And I was like, what kind of music do you play? And they're like, oh, we play punk rock. And I go, oh, so lots of oh, oh, oh's and ah, ah, ah's. Right. Good stuff, guys. Thanks. We need That's more of that. Awesome. And I just fucking started ripping out of And then we were buddies after that. Like Kevin introduced us. We laughed. And then I had him on my podcast a little bit. And we were always very friendly. Like we always liked each other. Whenever we'd see each other, we'd have a beer and a bunch of laughs. And uh, I pitched him the idea of doing the creep off. And uh, here we are doing an episode oh. without him. I have more questions, but I'll save them for the next time. All right. All right. Now uh, we'll see you with Patreon this week. Carl will be back. I miss him already. EricZaneShow.com. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to vote. Remember, vote for Eric. Vote for Eric. Remember, it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Am I supposed to say that? Yeah, would you? Well, oh, fuck. I'm sorry. It's, it's nice more important to be, to be nice. Oh, shit. Do it again. It's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Gagia. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. This is where I go crazy with the music, and I start playing lots of dumb clips to bother everybody, Eric. This is stupid! Yeah, come on my face. That's fine. <laughs>